All right, well, we are excited to get into our service today. We are going to encounter God. We're going to encounter God through worshiping Him through music, and we're going to encounter God through His Word. We've been teaching through the book of Romans, and so last week we learned about Romans chapter 3, that we have all sinned and we have all fallen short of the glory of God, but that we are justified through faith in Jesus Christ alone. And remember, justified means it's just as if I'd never sinned. We are no longer guilty of our sin. We are no longer responsible to pay the price for our sin. When we put our faith in Jesus, we are justified. But today, we're going to move into Romans chapter 5. And if you look at the very beginning of verse 1, it says this, Therefore, having been justified by faith. So Paul is basically now continuing the thoughts. So we've been justified through our faith in Jesus Christ. So what's next? You see, I think too many times in the church, too many times, we focus on just that moment of salvation, that moment that we get somebody to pray a prayer, that moment we get somebody to make a decision to follow Jesus, and we stop there. But I want you to know today, justification is just the beginning of the gospel's power in our lives. Justification is just the beginning. If we stop there, we're missing out on the fullness of what the gospel has to offer us. And so today, what we're going to get into in Romans chapter 5 is what comes after justification. What's the next step in our journey with the gospel? And then that's going to lead us to another question, which is this. Is the gospel going to take all of my problems away? I think we present that a lot as a church, that, man, if you would just give your life to Jesus, everything in your life is going to get better. And I think that's a misrepresentation. Because God doesn't promise to take our problems away. The promise of the gospel is that he'll change us in the midst of our problems. In fact, in some aspects of following Jesus might actually make life more difficult. And you might face more struggles as a follower of Jesus. But the gospel is still worth it. So what I'd like to to give you today as we read through Romans chapter 5 is I want to give you four gifts that come along with justification from the gospel. Four gifts that can be applied to our lives, not just at the moment of salvation, but every day going forward. So let's start. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 says this, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then if we jump down to verse 9, it says, Much more than having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through Him, Him being Jesus. So the first gift that the gospel gives us is peace with God. Now can I pause one second and say this? If you've never followed along with, with the notes of our sermon, I want to encourage you to do so. You can find our sermon notes on our church app, Kauai Bible Church app. Or if you're watching this video on our church website, the the notes are attached to this video. Or if you're listening to this podcast audio, the notes are attached to the podcast. So you can follow along with the notes. Number one, the first gift of the gospel is peace with God. Now, I know when you hear the word peace, you're thinking about that peacefulness, 
that nice calm feeling, that, that, that my heart is not troubled. And the Bible does promise that kind of peace, but that's not actually the peace that is being talked about right here. The peace that's being talked about right here means not being at war. Not being at war. So what that means is that before the gospel, before you are justified by your faith in Jesus Christ, you're at war with God. That's why it says in verse 9 that we are saved from the wrath of God. Because without Jesus, we're living under the wrath of God. But when we receive that justification, the war is ended and we are now at peace with God. And now God is for us and no longer against us. So how does this apply to our lives? Well, think about this. If you've ever done this or maybe you've ever seen this, where somebody's car dies in the middle of the road, right, and traffic is swerving around them and their car is dead and they can't do anything about it and they need help pushing their car off the road. And so you stop and you jump out of your car and you go to help them push their car. Now, if the road is flat... This is a pretty doable proposition, right? I mean, you got to huff a little bit, but if a car is in neutral on flat ground, most likely you're going to be able to push that car off the road. But if that car is pointing uphill, <laughs> good luck, right? It, it may take five or six guys jumping out of their car to try to push a car in neutral uphill. Why? Because everything is working against you. Gravity is working against you. The weight of the car is working against you, and it's going to be extremely difficult to get anything done. And you see, that's what it's like when we are outside of the will of God. When we have not given our lives to Jesus, everything is working against us. Yes, you're going to make some progress in life, but it's all going to be uphill, and it's going to be exhausting, and it's going to be a struggle. But when God is for you and not against you, it's like if somebody's car breaks down, pointing downhill. They don't need anybody to jump out of their car and help them to move their car. It doesn't take any effort at all. The car will just roll off of the road. And so we have to ask ourselves in life, do we want to be constantly trying to work against God? Or do we want God to be working for us where we get a whole lot more results for a lot less efforts? That's the first gift of the gospel is that peace with God. Let's look at the second one, verses 3 and 4 here in Romans 5. And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. The second gift of the gospel is hope in tribulations. What is a tribulation? It's a hard time. It's a great struggle that we go through. It's difficult tests that we face in life. It's, it's all of those hard things that happen in life. And again, we talked about the gospel doesn't take away those hard things. What the gospel does is give us hope in the midst of those hard things. And the hope is that those hard things are producing something in our lives. Those hard things are a crucible. They're a, a furnace that God takes us through, like a refiner who puts metal through a furnace so that that metal will be purified. God puts us through the furnace of hard times because those hard times are going to produce strength. 
They're going to produce perseverance. They're going to produce good character. They're going to produce a, a, a deeper relationship with God and a deeper dependence on God. They're going to change our perspective and our attitude and our outlook on life. Those tribulations are going to produce something. And listen, when there is purpose in your pain, you can get through anything. But when there's no purpose in your pain, when there is no hope of the gospel that is going to be the end result of the struggle, then it's a whole lot harder to get through that pain. And we see hopelessness set in. We see people attempting suicide. We see people giving up on life and getting lost in addiction. But when there's hope, we can get through anything. No matter what you're facing in life, if you're facing it with the gospel, if you're facing it with Jesus Christ, then there is hope that God is producing something great out of your tribulation. God is doing something in you, and he is shaping you, and you can get through it. That's the powerful gift of the gospel, is the hope in the midst of our tribulations. Let's pick it up from verse 5 and keep reading here. It says, and hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For while we were still helpless, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man someone would dare even to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners... Christ died for us. The third gift of the gospel is an outpouring of love. It's an outpouring of the love of God in our lives. Not just a trickle of love, not just a little bit of love, but all of God's love. His perfect love that casts out all fear. His perfect love that covers all sin. His perfect love that lets us know that we are accepted in His family and we never have to wonder or question who we are in God through Christ Jesus. That love, that love that was demonstrated by Jesus going to the cross for us and dying for us. We talked about this last week, that it was the greatest act of love that humanity had ever seen. And it says here in, in verses 6 and 7 that Christ died for us at just the right time. At just the right moment in history, Jesus went to the cross. It was the right time economically. It was the right time politically. It was the right time philosophically. It was the right time spiritually. Because of the Roman road that we're talking about, it was the right time for the gospel to be spread around the world without hindrance. It was the right time that Jesus came. And he didn't come for us. And wait for us to have it together. He didn't come and die for us after he saw some signs that we were getting things together and we were on the right track. No, he died for us when we were still helpless. When there was nothing good in us. When there was no sign in us that we were going to make any move towards God. He died for us anyway. And in verse 7, it says, you know, that somebody would hardly die for a righteous man. Perhaps somebody would dare to die for a good man. But Jesus, he died for us while we were still his enemies. 
while we were still actively rejecting him, while we wanted nothing to do with him, while we were standing in opposition to him, he died for us. And listen, if God loved us when we were at our worst, then there is nothing we could do that would ever stop him from loving us. Think about the confidence we have in that. He loved us when we were at our worst. He loved us when we were his enemies. So now that we have received the gospel, there is nothing that we could do to make him stop loving us. We don't ever have to earn that love. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation, a relationship with your parents where you felt like you had to earn love, where you felt like you had to perform for for some kind of attention. It's awful. We don't have to feel that with the gospel. We have an outpouring of love that never stops, that we never have to earn, that we never have to perform for. It just keeps flowing. That's the gift of the gospel every day in our lives. And the fourth one, let's read verses 10 and 11. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only this, but we also exult in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. The reconciliation. We have been reconciled to God. What does that mean? That means that we used to be enemies, but now we're friends. And so our fourth gift of the gospel today is friendship with God. From the moment of justification, we become friends with God. And that means you never have to feel alone. No matter what you're going through in life, no matter who else is around, no matter what you're facing, you never have to feel alone because you have a friend who also just happens to be the God of the universe, the creator, the one who holds all things together, the all-powerful one who is never caught off guard and is never overwhelmed by anything. He is always with you and he walks with you as a friend. And we never have to be alone. We have been reconciled. Can you think about a relationship in your life where you were enemies with somebody? Maybe you got to go back to high school to think about this. You got to go back to middle school. There was that person that just always talked about you, always had a problem with you. Nothing you said was ever good enough. They were always talking stink behind your back. And then something happened. You communicated. You realized you had each other all wrong, and now you're friends. Well, we can multiply that on a greater and greater scale to understand the friendship that we have with God, that we had rejected God and wounded Him and abandoned Him and been hopelessly separated from Him by our sins, but because of the justification through our faith in Jesus Christ. We've now been made right with God, and we are friends with Him. And we can go to Him, not just as the God of the universe, we can go to Him as a friend, one that we trust, one that will listen to us, one that will comfort us, one that will spend time with us. 
We have a friendship with God, and we never have to be alone. These aren't the only gifts of the gospel. These are just the ones that Paul teaches us right here in Romans chapter 5. We have peace with God. We have hope in our tribulations. We have an outpouring of love that never stops. And we have friendship with God so that we are never alone. Well, that leads us into our, our final question today, which is this. How do we endure in hard times? How do we put the gospel into practice in our lives? You might be feeling disillusioned right now. You might have made a decision. You might have given your life to Jesus and your problems didn't go away. And life didn't immediately get better. And you're thinking, man, I got sold a bill of goods here. I, uh, I, got, I got ripped off. This, this isn't working. I trusted Jesus, and yet I'm still struggling to pay the bills and put food on the table for my family. I, I trusted in Jesus, but my boss is just still giving me a hard time every day at work. I trusted Jesus, but I'm still struggling with depression. Come on, I trusted Jesus, but I still don't feel safe in my neighborhood. I still don't feel safe in my home. I, I trusted Jesus, and my marriage is still falling apart, and my kids still don't respect me. Come on, you're going through hard times, and maybe you're feeling disillusioned. Listen, the gospel was not intended to take your problems away. The gospel of Jesus Christ just means that God is going to use your problems to produce something new in your life. But we have to learn how to tap in to these gifts of the gospel that we talked about today. We have to learn how to tap in to what comes after justification so that we can endure in hard times. And so today, I just want to give you two. There's lots of things we could talk about, but I don't want to overwhelm you. You might already be overwhelmed right now. I just want to give you two. And the first one is actually the title of this message, but you can see it there in your notes. The first thing I'm going to encourage you to do is celebrate in the suffering. Celebrate in the suffering. Let's go back to our passage in Romans 5. Look at verse 2. It says that we exult in the hope of the glory of God. Look at verse 3. It says, but we also exult in our tribulations. Look at verse 11. It says, but we also exult in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Three times in this passage, it tells us to exalt. What does exalt mean? It means to rejoice. It means to celebrate. It means to praise. Come on, it means to throw a party, even if that party is just with you and God, right? It means to give some people some fist bumps. It means to get a little bit excited. It means to celebrate in the suffering. And people might think you're a little crazy, and that's okay. Because we're crazy for Jesus. People might look at you and say, why are you so happy? Why are you so excited? Your life is a mess right now. Your life is awful right now. 
And your response could be, because I am going to celebrate in the suffering, because I'm going to celebrate that God is for me and not against me. I'm going to celebrate that there is purpose in my pain and that God is using my pain to produce things in my life. He's producing perseverance. He's producing character. He's producing a hope that is not going to disappoint. I'm going to celebrate that the love of God keeps pouring out in my life and it doesn't stop when I'm suffering or when I'm in pain. The love of God keeps pouring out. I'm going to celebrate that I have a friend in God that I can go to at all times. Come on. We need to celebrate in the suffering. What does that do? Celebrating changes our perspective. Think about Paul. Man, if we think that our life is hard, Paul, as the great preacher of the gospel and as the writer of most of the New Testaments, he was tortured, he was imprisoned, he was abandoned, he was shipwrecked over and over again. He suffered for the gospel, and yet when he recounted all of it, he considered it to be light and momentary suffering. Light and momentary suffering. That's what I call perspective. And you can get beaten and whipped and thrown in prison and crushed with large rocks and left for dead, and you describe it as light and momentary suffering. Come on, that's great perspective. In Philippi, Paul and his co-worker Silas were grabbed and beaten and thrown into prison for preaching the gospel in Philippi. And what did you find them doing at midnight in a dungeon with their backs still bleeding from the whips that they had taken? You find them celebrating in the suffering, singing songs of praise to God. Why? Because it changes our perspective. And no matter how painful life gets and no matter how hard it is, when we can celebrate in the midst of it, then our perspective will stay focused on all of the gifts that the gospel gives us. And we'll always have reason to praise. We'll always have reason to keep singing the songs like we sung together today. I'm going to encourage you to exalt like Paul tells us to exalt. Exalt because we have hope in the glory of God. Exalt because our tribulations are producing something new in our lives. Exalt because through Jesus, we've been reconciled as friends with God. We need to celebrate in the suffering. And the second thing I want to share with you today, how can we endure in the hard times? How is the gospel affecting us? Is to find strength in the king's chamber. Find strength in the king's chamber. You're like, what are you talking about, pastor? Let's go back to verse 2 one more time. In verse 2, it says, through whom, which is talking about Jesus, so through Jesus also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. We have obtained, through Jesus, we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we now stand. So I want you to picture this. There is an introduction taking place right here, okay? You have made a decision to surrender your life and will to Jesus Christ. You're going to be a follower of Jesus. And when you put your faith alone in Jesus, you receive that justification. 
Well, what happens next is this, is that Jesus takes you by the hand and he walks you into the king's chamber, into the courtroom of the palace where the God of the universe, the King of kings, God the Father and the Trinity sits upon the throne and Jesus walks with you hand in hand right up to the throne of God, which elsewhere in the Bible is called the throne of grace. Right? The grace in which we now stand. Jesus walks us right up to the throne. And Jesus looks at God and says, Dad, I want to introduce you to my new friend. I've covered them. I've accepted them. And they are good with us. And they're now a part of our family. You see, that's the introduction that Jesus gives you as he brings you to the throne of grace, the grace in which we now stand, and introduces you to God the Father. And in the king's chamber, in that place of grace in which we now stand, we will find all the strength that we need. And the cool thing is, is once you've been introduced once by Jesus, you don't have to be introduced anymore. You're welcome all the time. So what I'm encouraging you to do is this. In the midst of your struggle, when you feel like you've got nothing left and you don't think you're going to make it, I want you, in your mind's eye, in your heart and in your spirit, I want you to get up and I want you to walk into the king's chamber. And I want you to stand before God in the grace in which we now stand. And you just tell God exactly how you're feeling. God, I'm not going to make it. God, I'm not strong enough. God, it hurts too bad. And in that place, God is going to strengthen you. God is going to remind you that every pain in your life, He allows it to come. And He knows exactly how much you can handle. And He's never going to give you more than you can handle. And He's always going to provide you with the way out. And he's always going to provide you with exactly the strength that you need to thrive in the situation that you're in. And just being there in the grace in which we now stand, that grace, that great favor of God that we could never deserve, but he gives us anyway. And when God loves on you, you're strengthened. And when God speaks to you, you're strengthened. And just knowing that you can go into the king's chamber at any time, at any moment, that is part of the gift of the gospel, is free access to the throne of grace, to receive all the grace that you need. And when you feel like you can't celebrate anymore, go into the throne of grace and then keep celebrating and keep accessing the gifts of the gospel. And we will make it through and there will be purpose in your pain. And even if your problems never go away, what God is doing in your life through the gospel will always be worth it, and it will always be greater than your problems. Can I pray for you today? If you're watching this service wherever you are, and you have not accessed the justification by faith alone in Jesus, you have not been forgiven of your sins, you have not been made right with God, The Bible shows us that all we have to do is make a decision that we are going to believe that Jesus is who he said he was. He is God in the flesh and that he gave his life on the cross to pay the price for our every sin and that he rose from the dead victorious. 
so that we can be victorious over our old sin nature. And He can give us a new nature and a new life. And the moment you make that decision that you're going to put all your faith in Jesus, surrender all of your will to Jesus, you are forgiven and you are made right with God. And you can begin to access all of these gifts of the gospel. If that's you today and you're making that decision, I'm going to pray for you right now. And I would love for you to communicate that decision with us. Message us on Facebook. Go to our website and email us. However you want to get in touch with us, let us know that you're making that decision so we can walk with you. But I also want to pray for those today that you have made the decision to follow Jesus and you're struggling through your hard times and your tribulations. And you need the strength to celebrate. You need to tap into the gifts of the gospel today. I want to pray for you right now. Come on, let's pray together. Lord, I pray for all of those right now that are receiving justification. I pray for all those right now that because they're putting their faith in Jesus, their shame is being lifted. They're no longer living under the burden of, of the shame of what they've done and of who they've used to be and of how short they have fallen of your glory, God. Oh, but in this moment, Lord, you are making them acceptable. In this moment, Lord, you are accepting them into your presence. In this moment, Lord, you are wiping away everything, everything that could be counted against them so they could be free to live with you. Thank you, Jesus, that now you're giving them a new nature, a new heart and a new spirit to live a new life with you. And I pray right now for those that are in the midst of hard times. Oh, Lord God, would you strengthen them? Would your grace give them more than they need? More than they need. I pray for those, Father, whose eyes are stuck on the problem. I pray that they would lift up their eyes and they would celebrate the God of this universe. Oh, and in that celebration, their perspective would change and their problems would begin to look different. Their pain would begin to feel different. Their struggle would seem different. God, I pray for perspective today perspective that comes from a heart of celebration. Thank you for that, Lord. God, I pray that the gifts of the gospel would be unlocked in our lives, that as followers of Christ, we would realize that the gospel was not just for one moment of decision, but the gospel is for every day. For every day, Lord, we would experience an outpouring of your love. Every day, God, we would experience friendship because we have been reconciled with you. Every day, God, we would find hope in what you're doing in our lives. Every day, Lord, we would know that you are for us and not against us. Thank you for that, Jesus. Bring the gospel alive in our lives. Oh, that we would be a greater reflection of you. Thank you for that in Jesus' name. 